You must remember this A kiss is just a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by Of all the podcasts in all the web You chose to listen to mine it again, Sam. The world will always welcome lovers as time goes by. Well, there we go. Hello. Welcome, everybody. It's Marlowe FM. It's Sam Sethi. It's a Wednesday, yes, and I'm talking to my guest today, Nick Coleman. Let me introduce Nick for you first. Nick is the founder and CEO of a wonderful company that you're going to learn a lot about called Snaffling Pig. Now, when when I was introduced to Nick through a uh, mutual friend and they they said it was about pork scratching, I was like literally scratching my head going, really, what is this one going to be about? Uh, I've, I have to say, uh, I've spent a little bit of time in Nick's company and this is going to be a fascinating show. Nick's grown his second this is his second startup and uh, he's doing really well so we're going to learn how the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur starting growing uh, raising funds and you know what comes next for nick Welcome, Nick. How are you? Hey, I'm very good. Thank you for that lovely introduction. That You're was welcome. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can count that. Use it later. Yeah, Need it on a LinkedIn profile. That'd be lovely. <laughs> uh, Nick, you're a local boy, I believe. You're here local to Marlow. I am indeed. So I was born and bred in Essex and then... Couldn't tell. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I got that beaten out of me when I was younger. And I um, was about I was about 10 years ago. Me and... Well, probably not. Yeah, about 10 years ago. My, my friends and I, about five of us, we hired some canoes. And we canoed over a few days from Goring to Marlow. Oh, right, And yeah. we got here at the end and we went to the pub and it was it was a beautiful sunny day and I just looked at it and I thought, I need to live here. And I then spent a year kind of negotiating my wife that this is the place we need to end up and it took um we moved to about five six years ago so where was that you were in essex i was in london after uh, I, I lived in i was born and bred at essex went to uni in birmingham and uh spent five years there then went into london for a few years didn't do the kind of typical london scene and go to north london or east london i went to chiswick uh which is ridiculous because i think yeah, I mean, well known you've got to have a family to live in chiswick <laughs> we didn't fit in very well at all and so uh um, we then, then I, yeah, we, we left Chiswick uh, about five or six years ago and, and came here and, and haven't looked back. Absolutely love Marlow. It's such yeah. a beautiful place. It is. Don't tell everyone because they'll all <laughs> no. move in. We don't want them. Please don't come. We don't need you. There's enough of us here. That's why I love the Marlow donkey. It's get London, you three trains. It's just, it's our little bubble, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shh. Don't tell them about it. Anyway, let, let's get on with the more exciting stuff. So, um, Snaffling Pig, tell me a little bit about it. What is it? Snaffling Pig is a pork, ideally it's a pork crackling brand, and right. that's what people know us about. But really, we are a pork brand. Um, we want to do everything in the, in the pork world. But it is a, in, in a, in a, hone it down to a few words, we make awesome flavoured scratchings um, because we just think that this humble scratching needed to be bought into the 21st century. It's an amazing product. I remember times eating it at home or in the pub, uh, playing darts in the, in the pub with my dad and my mum and having a pint of coke and eating scratchings and just remembering those really fond moments with my family and friends. 
And Scratchings is one of, just one of those products that no one's ever done anything exciting with. And it just needed to be bought to the 21st century. And I thought I was the, the chap to do Demand that. To do I always it. wanted to be the Duke of Pork. I thought that would be <laughs> the most incredible <laughs> title on my business card. And, I think you should just have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the, the Prince of Pork, it's got to be. The, the Prince of Pork. You know, that's the great thing about pork is there's so many puns. Yes. I think <laughs> any opportunity. We have to get as many in as we can today. Let's e- exactly. <laughs> what was it you said, Stephen Fry? Stephen Fry says the uh, the lowest form of humour is the pun, and I pig to differ. <laughs> and if you haven't been to the Snaffling Pig website, I highly recommend it. I, I see lots of websites, right? And I laughed my way through. Oh, website. Did really? Great messaging. Love the messaging. It's 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 brings across what you do really well, yeah. but with humour. And it, oh, really? I believe they say, or you say, and, and I can understand now that it's based on tone of voice is yours really it is and i i wanted to create a business that uh was me really was a mm. physical manifestation of me and i wanted to create the values of the business that i i represent i wanted it to be really authentic i wanted to uh owning a business is incredibly tough and i thought in those dark moments where you you um you get really worried and stressed and you have to find something that pulls you forward and having a business that represents who you are and is true to your values will help you deliver that so uh, it's very much my tone of voice it's very much my my values that i hold dear and um it's yeah hopefully it's it it comes across as very authentic as well so you've got a wonderful ethos for the company what is it i have am i allowed to say all of it in full you can ofcom close your ears for a second (laughs) okay three very simple rules do great things have some fun don't be a dick that's fine it's it's simple isn't it it is and i think i think more entrepreneurs should have that um i we were talking offline um about simon scenic find your why and his new book the infinite game and i i fundamentally believe that companies should start to go back to thinking about the people they who work for them the long term rather than shareholders investors think about the, the human side of your business and i think you are i think the ethos of that company makes and it's front and center it's not hidden it's not a shy you know footnote to the business no and that it is totally front and center and it sometimes i feel like when i say it though that people think oh it's just a bit of a marketing ploy it really isn't it that is me as an individual i think you i, I wake up every day wanting to do a do a great job mm-hmm. whatever that may be it might be just be walking my dog and if i'm walking my dog and i want to do a great job then i'm not on my phone i'm walking i'm enjoying the fresh air i'm taking big deep breaths i'm looking around at the countryside you're mindful yeah i'm i'm mindful that's exactly right you're of the moment i'm in the, it's it is isn't it it's it's be here now yes it's such a lovely great song attitude is it, is it a song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh dear, should have done my research. Um, and so, yeah, do great things. Have some fun. Life is, for f- you've got to have fun. You've got to smile. Sorry, what did you do this week on a conveyor belt? Remind everyone. Oh, that was the I, We have an, a, a warehouse uh, with a very long conveyor belt that products are supposed to go down. Um, and uh, I, I got on it and I just um, whizzed down it uh, on my side, um, shouting to the world uh, about a, a target we'd hit as we're crowdfunding. Yep, and we'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> And I, health and safety, if anyone works in health and safety and they see that video, they'll, they'll be appalled at how many so violations I've had. So you thought you'd post it on LinkedIn whatever. just to make sure no one saw it. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah. I just, I just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So w- when I was doing my research for this and uh, I was thinking pork scratchings for my own personal, because I, 
I have to be honest and put my hand up. I have not eaten pork scratching since I was a teenager, right? You know, when I had only a penny to pay pay for a pint and then and a, something edible, um, and it had the bad negative. There was the old, you know, eyelashes. It's the, the it's the it's the pig that you know no one wants. There's a nipple right. generally in there somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I've not found that yet. <laughs> I, I'm I'm now intrigued. I'm going back to pork scratchings, um, but. You know, I've got a wine importing business uh, from Germ- German and Austria, and I likened it to the challenge that you might have, which is, you know, I say to somebody, oh, I, I import German wine, and they go, oh, what, leave our milk, sure, blow none. And it's like the German wine industry could not have made a bigger cock-up of mm-hmm. the business, you know, back in the 80s or 70s even, by sending over the worst wine they've ever made and keeping all the good stuff. Um uh, but German and Austrian wine is some of the best in the world, right? But nobody knows that, or those that do are normally sommeliers. So in the same way that I've got this negative connotation of pork scratchings being that horrible eyelash, end of a pig rubbish, um, how can you overcome that sort of mm. mental uh, marketing mm. issue that mm. many customers might have for you? It's, it's absolutely right. It, Pork scratchings originated because they're a byproduct of, of the pig industry. Generally, they were. Um, it, it happened in the in the in the, in the um, black country where people would keep a pig in their garden um, in, the, in the industrial revolution, and then they would they would uh, the, with the skin that was left over they would deep fry it. And it has that connotation of being a cheap product. Um, And what we wanted to do was bring it to the 21st century. And the way you do it is, one, you take really high-quality ingredients. So you take outdoor bread pigs um you take uh you you, you fry it in um obviously really good quality oil you flavor it with really good quality flavorings you package it in a way that's exciting and vibrant and new um you make sure it's cooked fresh so it ha- it, when it arrives in the consumer's hands it's kind of as good as it possibly can be and you double cook it so that it it gets away from that feeling of is it going to break my teeth is it you know rock hard then ours isn't ours has a lovely crunch but it's not going to break your teeth and you only take one part of the pig as well which means that you get a very consistent product so every single piece is basically the same uh, and so all of those combined help bring this product to the 21st century there is a uh, trend at the moment in, in health as well where people are actively avoiding especially high sugar products now sna- uh, what snaffling pig is we're an indulgent product and when there is a trend in health there's always going to be a trend in indulgence and how we can play into that is that we can if we offer something that's really truly indulgent like a cheeky indulgence the time that you will want to indulge, you want to pay the same, if not a little bit more, for something that is really, truly gorgeous. And that's hopefully what, what people are doing. Uh, well, you can see that in our, in our sales and our growth to date. And, and the other things we do is we do advent calendars, we do gift packs, we do glass yes. jars. We try and make the scratching exciting and, and giftable and create conversations. And the amount of conversations people have when they see a, uh, a a 30 inch advent calendar sitting on someone's mantelpiece and each side is individual packet support scratchings is just brilliant you get so, so much online yeah so last year didn't the telegraph cover it as one of their top 30 products for christmas or they something? did yeah even the bloomberg uh, website uh, commented on it as well we've had so much publicity from from an, a pork scratching advent calendar and uh, it, it started out as a bit of a fun a bit of a marketing gimmick yep. but actually you get people who are diabetic saying fantastic this is great no longer can do i have to have, have a chocolate advent calendar 
fact, there's a there's pork scratchings ones out there, and uh, it's it's what Christmas is all about. It's found that so really. Tell me about QVC. <laughs> um, you you've seen me, have you, with me and Andy Peters? Uh, you you were selling it in in the middle of the summer, a advent calendar. An advent that's calendar. That's a hard. Time. That's right. Yeah, I lo- I absolutely love QVC. I used to watch The Apprentice, and um... I always wonder what happened to Andy Peters. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, he's there. Thing. He's doing really well. Well done, Andy. He's uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I used, to, I used to watch The Apprentice, and, and people would get given six minutes on QVC, and it looked it looked so daunting. And I thought, what an amazing thing to do to go and do live selling in front of you know, thousands of people. Um, and uh, I I applied, uh, was accepted, did a screen test, and every quarter, every you know, two three months, we go on on there, and we do we get a six minute pitch where we can uh, talk about snaffling pig, and we sold Advent calendars in July, which is crazy, but we end up selling about four hundred of them in a six minute window. That's so. great. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely love it. <laughs> and you have a lot of fun in the process. Live TV's a little daunting, but good fun. Okay. Now, um, so let's go back to the health thing, because I did read about it. So there's there's a couple of things. And I think this is interesting, because I'm going to try the product. Um, I haven't tried it. You've got to bring some. <laughs> Not going to say. Car. Not Oops, saying sorry. I'm upset or anything, <laughs> but, you know, what, whatever. Um, but... Uh, I, there's a trend for keto diets. There's a trend now for obviously diabetics and, and insulin, low low mm. sugar. So you're you're hitting and ticking all those boxes right now. But how's that being presented on the front of the product? Because mm. I'm looking at the website and looking at the product. Is it on the back? Because I'm not seeing the back of the product. So yeah, we we, we specifically don't because. It, there, you can end up having too many messages on a product, and pe- and consumers can get very lost. Yeah, health is a very competitive industry, and um, you know, if vegan. If you look at veganism as a, as a trend, there are more vegan brands in the UK than anywhere else in the world, which is phenomenal considering how small the UK is compared to other other markets. So we don't want to talk about health because everyone else is talking about health. What we want to do is talk about indulgence. So we pull out those. The flavour. Okay, so you're taking a new market space, really. That's right, and 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 if you, it's a lot easier to compete in a market where no one else is competing. It's an open door. Yeah. Everyone wants to be vegan at the moment um, in, as a brand, but actually in reality, there's still 60% of of uh, adults out there are consuming just as much meat as they've ever done. 30% are reducing their meat intake. <laughs> I'm you. one of them. You're one of them. Me too. Um, 30% are reducing their meat intake, but when they are eating meat, and which they do once a week. They're going to eat something high quality and, and worth it. And then you have got kind of 20 or so percent, I uh, don't think that, that works out as a math, but uh, you've got 10% of, of people who are just removing meat completely from their diary. So they're uh, diet. So, um, and their diary. So you still have a huge market. And I think I am happy as a brand to compete in a space that no one else is competing because it just makes me able to focus on the things that really matter rather than worrying about price and, and focusing just on getting it as cheap as possible to get it out to as many people as possible. Okay, so let's let's look at some of the, the products that you produce. Um, you've got crackling, scratchings, porky puffs. Did you know there are three types of, of uh, scratching? There is there is <laughs> there's scratching, crackling. <laughs> there, there's a whole separate conversation. No, do tell me. Scratchings, crackling, and crunch. crunch. Scratchings are cooked once. They're yep. cooked for about 30 minutes. Generally, it is the shank, so that is the leg of the, the pig. You've then got crackling, which is cooked twice, which is anything from the, the belly and the shank as well. And by cooking it twice, it's cooked for 30 minutes and then flash fried, so it puffs up and it's a little bit crunchier but softer, so you're not going to break your teeth on that product. And then you've got crunch which is cooked at a much higher temperature, which is like a meaty quaver. So we do all three of those 
but most of the market at the moment is dominated by scratching. We're introducing the crackling into the market. Okay. Um, but you've also recently broadened out. So you started off saying, you know, the pork scratching company, but actually you, you, you're taking the word scratching off more. You're a pork company. Mm. Right? So you've, you, you've broadened out the offering. What have you, you added to the list? I I'm a huge believer in diversification and making sure that you uh, you spread your risk across multiple different categories and customers, channels as well. So you don't want to be too reliant on one particular product. So what we've done there is we've built a, a product range that complements the core product, which is the, the crackling. We've brought out some beers, ciders, sauces. We've got uh, merchandise like aprons. Beers. Beers, yeah, beers. Pork beer. No, 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 Sorry, no, no, no. Must, don't worry. Don't worry. My favourite brand in the world is Rebellion Brewery. Yes. Absolutely well love done, them. Well done, Tim. Oh, Tim's a great guy. And uh, you'll, you'll find me there pretty much every first Tuesday of the month. I wouldn't talk to me, though, because I, <laughs> I, I had this rule. Yeah, on, a, on a work night, three beers. Right. Three beers on a work night. I always use all five raffle tickets <laughs> and I always regret it the next day. Three beers is my rule. First Tuesday used to be an entrepreneur's club in London. Totally different. Did it? <laughs> Run by Julie Mayer, but anyway. <laughs> so um, we approached Tim a few years back and pleaded that he, if he could make our beer for us. So he, um, he brews our beer, oh, wow. puts our label okay. on it as well. So it's, nice. We would much rather work with people who are experts in what they do and then apply our brand to it and, and pull all our learning and our marketing and our, our copy, our word, our tone of voice, and apply it to someone who really understands that. We, we're not brewers. We don't understand it. I know how to drink a good beer, but I don't know how to brew one. So that, that brings me back to the point. But what did you know about producing pork scratchings and, and, and you know as an entrepreneur is not the most sexiest business to no. get into so so you've come up with your eureka moment wherever it was you've decided that pork scratchings is the thing and then you probably went but i can't cook them i don't know how to make them yep. I, have no, I don't understand the industry the first thing about it it's not an obvious leap no it's not yeah. and it sounds sounds crazy when you look at it from the outside or the sailor like you've just said i just I woke up one day and I just wanted to do something I was incredibly proud of. And I, I generally love this product. I, lo I just love the times that you eat this product. It generally involves the pub. It involves family and friends. It's a social uh, product that you, you consume in social situations. And I like the challenge of, of thinking, how can I make this sexy? How can I bring it to the 21st century? How can I get more people to eat it? How can I have fun in that process? How can I make it a gift? How can I, instead of charging a pound for a product, how can I get someone to invest 15 pounds into that product? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to get it onto the mantelpiece, to get the telegraph to talk about it? Can keep adding value into the product so people love it and adore it and, and want to buy more of it. Selling the first product to somebody is great. You've got to sell it again and again and again. And it's that third or fourth repetition of purchase is the thing that really excites me. So all of that. And then I started to think, well, how can I diversify the product? How can I make sure that um, if there is an issue in uh, packaging, that it doesn't take my business down, that I have other products that I can rely on that can pay the bills? How can I, when I sell uh, a, a, a packet of crackling, how can I um, make it easier for people to uh, buy a whole gift? Like a, uh, we bring out these gift packs, personalised jars with people's names on, so that we take away the inconvenience of having to find a gift. We say, well, just come to our website. There's, if you like port scratchings or meat or beer or cider, come to our website. You'll find, you're guaranteed to find a, a, a gift just for your loved one. And it's really funny because, you know, if you give someone a jar of scratchings as a present, 
it's 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 nuts. Like it was not nuts. We actually do Clearly nuts. It's not nuts. <laughs> it's not nuts. But it's uh, it, it's just it's just a funny gift. Funny gift to give. Yeah. But why not? I just I just I love I love pork crackling. Thinking my brother-in-law, I know what he's getting for Christmas now. <laughs> and you put put his name on it. It'll sit on his uh, his desk, his in his kitchen. I'm, table. Gen- I'm genuinely serious. I'm buying <laughs> a gift set for Christmas. <laughs> so it's it's. Don't take life too seriously. That's what I say. You know, yeah. not everyone has to create the the, the next Facebook. And yet, but that's it, the problem. Most entrepreneurs think they do. They do, and especially the. the I know a lot of kids who come out of university have just done business studies, and they think they're the next Mark Zuckerberg. You don't have to have that incredible idea. You yeah. just have to have a lot of persistence, a love for what you do, and just enjoy the ride. Like I am, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love what I do. I have moments that are, you know, dark and scary and I worry about cash flow and sales and, you know, political uncertainty around the Welcome corner. Welcome to the entrepreneur's world. <laughs> Which they never tell you about at the beginning. They do. I think any sane person would not be an entrepreneur if they knew what really goes on. Because I think everyone has to give off this front that it's all great. Fake it until you make it. Fake it until you make it. And you just, it is really tough. And... Um, I'm very, as a, as a brand, we're very aware of mental um, well-being. You know, I think lots of brands worry about physical well-being, you know, h- how you can lose weight, etc. Us as a brand, we are, we're in the mental well-being um, st- phase where we, we want people to just enjoy life. And who cares if a packet of scratchings has 200 calories in it? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Most important thing is that you're out talking to people, having fun, enjoying life, not, not taking it too seriously. Life has enough stresses in the world just opening up a, a packet of scratchings or grabbing a beer with a few mates is, is not gonna is not gonna make you fat yeah it's not it's not gonna it's, it's, so just enjoy life a lot and yeah. that's what snaffling pigs ethos is all about is we want to help people escape the run of life and have a lot of lot of fun in the process and as as an entrepreneur you kind of you get you get kind of so focused on i've got to make loads of money and i've, I've got to do x y and z and i've got to become the best known brand in the world um, and it just gets so stressful. So you just have to kind of take a step back and enjoy that ride. And it is, it is a roller coaster of emotions, absolutely. Uh, and it is very difficult as an entrepreneur to step back and step away from those moments. But um, that's a part and parcel of being an entrepreneur, really. You've got to yeah. surround yourself with other entrepreneurs who know how, what it's like because your partner won't get it. They'll, they'll just think, oh, you know, just chill out. Chill out this weekend. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your emails. It's all good. Uh, but it's like a moth to a flame. I have to look at my, <laughs> have to look at my emails. Do what I did. Lose your phone. <laughs> yeah, that is a good idea. My wife still doesn't believe I've lost my phone <laughs> on the very day that Apple announced a new iPhone oh, 11. Oh, convenient. Yeah, she said that that was far too convenient that I, <laughs> my phone suddenly lasted all the way up to the announcement and then suddenly massively disappeared. But... Honestly, darling, it's true. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to ask you something. Yeah, um, finish this sentence, I guess. Uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of... Happiness. Exactly. Sorry, I was drinking water. That's, <laughs> that's also good. Um, uh, yeah, life, liberty, and pursuit of mm. happiness. And the American forefathers worked it out. And people, I think, have forgotten. So I think you're right in, in that happiness is an underrated value mm. in the sense that... I, as I said to you earlier, you know, for me and my wife, creating Kodak moments for our kids is more important mm. than filling up the bank account. And, uh, and there was a VC, and I won't mention who it is because that's unfair, who posted on Facebook that, you know, it was the, their kids going back to school day. And he was posting, he, he, everyone was posting that, you know, little Johnny and Mary, first day at junior school or what, first day at senior school. And he posted this really sad post that I thought. He posted, yeah, we don't have a photo because our nanny took our son to school. What? 
And I went, uh, but then he added, but my bank account's healthy. And I just mm. went, you've got your life so screwed up. No. You have got yeah. it the wrong way round, mate, because that one moment's gone now. That will never come back. It's gone. It's like saying to, to your daughter or, or your son, couldn't make your wedding because we had a really good deal to do today. Mm. You know, you can't miss those key moments. Mm. And he just did. And his excuse was, my nanny, my nanny forgot to take the camera. Mm. Well, actually, you forgot to take your child is a more important thing. Anyway, mm. so, yeah, I do agree. Do you know um, uh, Richard Branson missed the birth of his boy because he was in a hot air balloon? Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> you know, what can I say? Do you think you have to sacrifice to be successful? No, I don't. I think and, and, and it's the measure of success. What do you call success? Um, you know, for me... Um, Simon Sinek's written a book called The Infinite Game. Success for me is my children loving me. Success for me is my wife loving me. Success for me is my friends being long-term friends. That's success. Um, I I hate meeting people today who get out a business card. Me and my wife call them the willy waggers. Um, (laughs) You know, because my... Boring story, but we went to to a VC meeting when, when I had my own startup and it was at home house the big you know i was a member there and um, we went there and my wife was pregnant with our second child heavily pregnant but she was running msn uk right she was businesswoman of the year but she was a pregnant woman of the two of us she's the more important in our relationship in terms of business she's the more successful and but every man in that room came up to me handed me the card talked to me about the title i'm super vp senior <laughs> global emir i mean it was like could you put any more superlatives on your name you know um you know and i'm like uh, and simon scenic says to people you know so the way to disarm them is to say yeah but what do you do <laughs> right? you know, yes. you've got a title in the corner office and you you, you know you hand your card out because and that's what me and my wife called it. It was the mm. willy-wagging. I, my card's bigger than your card, mm. right? And let me tell you how important I am, because it says on my card I'm important. Well, no, I don't give a about you. Tell me what you do. And then when I pointed out that actually my wife and what she did, suddenly it was like, you know, bees to honey. It was like, oh, wow. And my wife just said, get us out of here. This is just horrible. And to this day, I mean, even in my village in Cookham Dean, I've got the same crew. You know, there's blokes in my village who, who are you know bankers and and whatever and they they think just by saying they work for a big city bank that they're more Mm. important or interesting they're not they're not Mm. um i think success so going back to what you asked success for me is not about sacrificing because at the end of the day when you get in that coffin that's Mm. not what i I unfortunately have lost three friends this year um but each one of those funerals was a celebration of their lives because they achieved so much through their lives. Maybe if they'd lived a little longer, they'd have more Kodak moments and more to talk about. But every one of those guys had literally achieved a lot. You know, somebody once said to me, at your funeral, if you were able to, turn around. Now look who's attended your funeral. Now listen and see what they said about you. Is it what you thought they'd say? Is the people there who you hoped would be there? Because if it isn't, then all the money in the world and the gold coffin that you're going out on doesn't make a mm. difference, personally. Mm. Sorry, that was a bit of a no, soapbox lo- rant. But I love it. I think the, the thing that really upsets me at the moment is, the, is, this, is social media and the rise of the influencer and how young kids look at these these images on instagram i think that's that's happiness i, I need to be in a perfect bikini and in in, in saint tropez and that that's how i'm going to be happy and 
But they're not. They're not. They're happy. not. No, no. So um, there's a wonderful uh, guest of mine, ex-guest uh, uh, Tara Hunt, who's a good friend of mine, <clears throat> Canadian marketeer, strategic digital marketing. Uh, she, she on LinkedIn, look her up. She came out with three videos. One was called "Content Doesn't Matter." The second one was "Influencers Don't Matter," and then the third one was "Attention Doesn't Matter." And it got everyone's attention. So what does matter, Tara? You know. So she said, "Look, with content." You can, for example, have the world's biggest budget, Pepsi, blah, 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 right? Or Coke or whatever. And if you keep funding that content channel with videos and games and competition, of course you'll get attention. Of course you'll get people, right? But when you turn that tap off, will that $1 you spent convert to 10 so Harley Davidson would say yes, because there's brand love, right? And there are other brands like that. Um, Influencers, it's the same thing. You can pay influencers all you like. I think there's recently a couple of um, brands, it, it slipped my mind, I was reading about it, who turned off their social media marketing and just paying influencers now. But you're paying someone to say something about you. But the minute they you stop paying them, they're going to stop saying. So it's not consistent and it's not persistent, right? And then finally, attention. Attention is just a moment in time. We, we, you can shout, all right, and have competitions. But at the end of the day the minute you stop. So what she said was, it's fundamentally about relationships. It's relationship. Creating that longer meaning. And that meaning then will extend. So that is the customer who will... And I think you as a brand, and I'm coming back to you, because we're not talking about me today. <laughs> um, coming back to you, Nick. Um, so uh, let, me, let me move that, because I think there's a very relevant point to you, which is you've just started crowdfunding for the business. Yes, we you have. Start- what a scary moment this is. <laughs> well, <laughs> you no, I think throw yourself out there, aren't you, to the to the wolves? <laughs> well, yes, but we'll soon find out. It's been a very <laughs> successful feeding session then. Um, so you started out though on five hundred pounds. Who we was did. that from? That was um, was that yours? Or no, yours? that was that was. So I had a, another business, medical supermarket, which I think we, we go on to later. But uh, myself and my business partner, we took five hundred quid out each. And we, I went to start up uh, Snaffling Pig and he went to start up a, another company. And we thought, a bit, a bit of competition, let's see who can make a million pound sales in, in 18 months' time and whoever does it gets a steak dinner. Kind of just a real bit of fun. <laughs> what like, was that film with uh, uh, Eddie Murphy where they do that? Where do they, they? they? They said that literally they'd bet a pound each. There was two banking yeah. bankers and they said, I bet a trading places, that was it. Trading, oh, yes, of course, yeah. And where they bet a pound that they could take a street black guy and turn him into a city banker. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, so we took this 500 quid and I, I just thought, let's yeah, start this start this passion project. And um, we are three and a half, or four, nearly four years into it. We went on Dragon's Den. And we, we got an investment from Nick Jenkins. We got 70 grand from Nick Jenkins. We, um, we did a deal Not in... Not Peter Jones, the local dragon. I, I wanted Peter because I thought I could get a really nice walk. Just plays netball with mine if you want to. Oh, really? I just kind of walked to work. I thought it would be ideal. Um, <laughs> or just look for the tallest man in Harlem. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Unfortunately, Nick Jenkins has a, has a warehouse about an hour away, so I have to drive an hour. So that was a real shame. But... Um, he invested in, in the company. We did a deal in the den that meant if we hit our targets, I could buy back half of his investment, which we did. We did that uh, about 18 so, months ago. So let's slow this down because we're going far oh, too fast. that's my us. problem. I, I, yeah, no, too no, much no. pace. <laughs> <laughs> there are no words I could say on radio right now that would meet the standards. So we're going to move on. Right, on the note. So first of all, you, you applied to the Dragon's Den when? 
Ooh, when would that have been? Oh, January 2016. Okay. I remember that, yes. So you got up in the lift, you've got out, there's said dragons in front of you, you've got your product already, the product's made, you've got some stuff That's done. That's correct, yeah, we'd already had 420 grand worth of sales. What was your pitch? Oh, my three-minute pitch. Oh, uh, do you know what? I very rarely plan for anything. And okay. when it came to Dragon's Den, because you're throwing yourself out there to the nation, you know, three million households tune into this thing. And it is a it is an entertainment show, first yes. and foremost. So you have to be prepared. That it they drives me mental. Go, yeah, they, the BBC want it to look like a roller coaster. They want it to go, oh, he's doing really well. Oh, he's not doing so well. Oh, he's got an investment. That's what they love. So you have to look a little bit foolish halfway through. So I, I knew what, all that was going to happen. But I, I knew I had three minutes to um, to pitch my heart out and, and sell this product to the nation. I wasn't selling it to the five, the five dragons. I wanted investment from them, but that wasn't first and foremost why we went on. We went on to get the, some really good PR. And you're actually in there about an hour and 45 minutes. And we, um, we I think it gets uh, edited down to about uh, 11 minutes or so. So it was it, it's incredibly stressful. And you've got five dragons looking at you. You've got about 30 uh, producers and researchers all standing in the background, lights, camera, action. And there's no stopping of the editing. You just you just got to go for it. And so I we did a, a we nailed the pitch. I was so proud of the pitch. And my big learning from from this whole exercise is is when you start a business, get a really really good pitch because you just never know when you're going to meet someone. You might get into, you know, as corny as it is, you might get into the lift with somebody and you've got thirty seconds. So what is your elevator pitch? Oh no, no, you're going to do that. You, you tied <laughs> yourself up for it. I know, I really did. I did. <laughs> Hello, my name's Nick. I'm the CEO and founder of the Snaffling Pig Company. We make damn awesome flavored porky snacks from high quality ingredients matched with great tasting flavors. From our packets come ciders, beers, and whopping great big advent calendars let's make the pig and magic happen and he didn't read that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that was off the memory that, that was a, well a very very condensed pitch Good. so okay so you get the offer what did they offer you we so we actually got one offer out of five dragons the so we had five dragons peter jones bailed very quickly because he already had a uh, an investment in a port scratching company but um, can you think of the name of it no because it's okay. not that good um then you have uh Tuka Suleiman. he wasn't interested for cultural reasons you've got sarah willingham who wasn't interested from um a fitness thing she didn't think it f- fit in with her portfolio you've got deborah meaden who is just a, an avid animal lover despite eating meat she didn't want to invest in a meat brand so you really he had Nick Jenkins there but that was okay for us because that's all we wanted Nick Jenkins founded Moonpig and as you'll be aware of Moonpig they are known for gifting and they're actually the second largest uh, retailer of flowers and we wanted to get his knowledge into the business because we are heavily into gifting at that time although we're turning over 420 grand it was all gifting it was it was jars it was advent calendars it was gift packs and things so he uh, he invested and he um he gave us 70 grand for 20 percent of the business see that's when i get really upset with that program it's like they, they they see a great idea and then they try and just swamp the entrepreneur to death with the offer it's yeah peter jones is the worst i like your idea i'll have 50 percent of your company for 5p go they they do they do t- and if Dragon's Den is not the greatest place to go if you want to get proper investment because you are going to give away a lot more equity. However... So why did you do it? We did it because I love doing something every day that scares me. And I thought, this is a a small business, a fledging business, turning over less than half a million quid. And I have an opportunity here to get in front of the nation to get an experienced entrepreneur on my side who can look after me and point me in the right direction. And if it goes wrong, worst case scenario, I've lost half a million quid's worth in turnover. 
best case scenarios, this could be a, a global global business, and I could have just have a lot of fun in the process. I could I always guess say it no. Could open doors for you. Open, yes. Um, and I could always say no to the deal. And, and actually, half the businesses that go on Dragon's Den don't get investment. They, um, if, if the Dragon invests on the show, half of them won't get investment thereafter because there'll be something in the due diligence that comes out. And so, but um, yeah, Nick invested, and we went through a lengthy due diligence process. And what I loved about Nick was the very first meeting we had with him. He said to us, "I am not going to." open doors i'm not going to do your marketing for you i'm not going to be an employee i'm not going to sit and do your finances but what i'm going to do is i'm going to make you understand the bigger picture i'm going to hold you to account i'm going to be that devil's advocate that's going to challenge you i'm going to make you act like an adult and do corporate governance and um make us uh, we you know we had a shareholders agreement suddenly all those kind of things that we just would have ignored because they're boring yep nick bought that kind of grown up attitude to in hopefully in that when we come to sell in the future that the, all of that will be will add value to the company he would have crossed the t's dotted the i's for you that's it and yeah. and he's a, the very fact we're having this conversation he he adds an, an another element to the business in that we're no longer just the snaffling pig company with nick and udi it's snaffling pig company that was on dragon's den that got investment from a, a recognized business leader and yeah that that that, that will open doors for you for certain. Yeah. Mm. so okay because i want to get back to where we were we were coming back to, i love that. um so okay you you've, you've gone on to dragon's den what what else have you done i think you've got a few other rewards that you've successfully there's done there's a few i i have a Do big to tell you them i can't i can't remember this sounds really arrogant but i'm a big advocate of, of getting awards and the Virgin Food Entrepreneur Virgin Food Entrepreneur managed to high five Richard Branson a couple of years back when he luckily just didn't pick you up and skit you around <laughs> maybe he did maybe he did <laughs> were you wearing a skirt <laughs> only on Saturdays okay yeah. I'll see you then <laughs> right um, and also recently you've just won uh, well you got to the final uh, it's a Nat West award, isn't yes. it? Shall I, Excuse shall I read my ignorance, but I forgot what it is. Great Britain Food <laughs> and Drink Entrepreneur there we go. of the Year Award. Must remind, I have to buy my ticket to the award ceremony. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I have to say, read your own website. It's great. <laughs> it's a really good website. It tells me a lot. Uh, I, I just, I, I learned a, a very valuable lesson when I, when I started my first business many years ago that you need to apply to as many awards as possible. Get your name out there. Generally, these are things that are free. They're a wonderful way to build recognition for, for what you do. Fully agree. And that's what I did. I just I just I spent ages to apply. And the process of applying for awards actually hones your pitch. It, you you really get to understand what your business, how your business is different, and, and what it what it's doing for the future. So it helps you kind of almost reevaluate your business plan every single time. So yeah, we we threw ourselves out there, and sometimes we've won, sometimes we haven't. Uh, we're now at a stage where. Um, I, I kind of I've, I'm not applying for that many awards at the moment um, and hopefully some of them will come to me <laughs> who knows yeah, yeah, maybe someone might notice and actually give me the award rather than me I'll <laughs> yeah that's it that would be lovely yeah I'd love to win a pork scratching award I don't think they exist though do they hey there's an opportunity to start a, <laughs> my own award ceremony exactly. that could be it couldn't it yes <laughs> yeah oh, I can see the statue now <laughs> I've always I've been told about that. If you, if you ever want to become a founding member of an organisation, you just you just make I'll just be like the yeah, the, the best port scratchings in Britain um, dot com or something. Yes. And then I'm founding member. Exactly. Just start your own one. <laughs> um, the reason why I wanted to go through that cycle with you was because we talked 
previously, a few minutes ago, about, you know, getting uh, really enthusiastic people around your brand, making the brand um, so the relationship is built, right? Rather than, you know, just paying for people temporarily to like you and then forget you. I think with the crowdfunding that you're doing now, um, you, you, you're raising, so if memory recalls... 750, raising right. 750,000 pounds and um, we are doing it because we want to build a community. So yeah. we could, if we wanted to, go to Nick Jenkins and ask him, can, you ha- can I have some money? Uh, we've proven through our, our turnover now, we're just shy of 5 million quid. We're making a healthy net profit. Um, 382 of those came before you opened the crowdfunding. So that's from customers. That's it. That's customers. So yeah. that's, that's the relationship. So you have fundamentally got the brand relationship with, with the people willing who buy your product, who love it so much. You know, the old story, I loved it so much, I invested in uh, it. Yeah, that's it. And I just think everyone should be able to tell their mum they own a port scratching company because I think it's, it's so ridiculous <laughs> to own a pork scratching company that I want other people to embrace it with me because right. this, is a, this is a journey that is boring if you did on your own. Um, and I want to surround myself with other people who are as interested in the brand, live by those three values that we mentioned earlier, and can help this ride be a lot more fun. Okay. And if, if we can make a little bit of money at the end of it, so be it. I can't wait for the investor barbecue. <laughs> that's it. That's what I want to do. I just want, at the moment, we've got a 500. Pork pig going round. That's it. We've got a, we've actually do our own barbecue as well. We do a, it's called a pig bluey. It's a, it's a blue ceramic barbecue. And, um, We've currently got about 550 investors on board. We launched uh, less than 48 hours ago. If you are interested in investing, may I mention you that? Can. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in investing, I must say it's capital at risk. So um, please don't invest anything you can't afford to lose. As much as I will do the best I can with it, do not invest more than you can lose. Um, it is uh, crowd, www.crowdcube.com forward slash bring home the bacon. I love that. <laughs> and we just want, we want ideally a thousand people who just live and breathe our values that we can meet on a regular basis. We can, one time we might talk business, the next time we might do food and drink, the next time we might organise a, a bike um, trip from Land's End to John O'Groats. But it's, it's just getting like-minded people together. And I, I'm learning as, as with this business that to have a really successful brand, you've got to get that community involved. And that is not about just... They become your advocates. They become your advocates. And it's not about just selling scratchings constantly. You can't, you can't keep hammering Instagram with pictures of pork scratchings. You've got to think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, would, that would come very dull very quickly. Yeah, wouldn't it? It's just not authentic. So you end up... What you have to do is you build a brand that is very true to, it, to, to the founder, to me, to Udi, to what we're trying to achieve. And if we sell some scratchings on the side, then great. But we're, we're, we're about creating this community. And, that, and I just think if, if you can allow people into your world, you will, you'll, you'll grow a lot quicker because I, I fundamentally think everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses. And when you're young, you get taught to work on your weaknesses. And I totally disagree with that. I think your weaknesses are your weaknesses. Don't even waste time trying to fix them. Find people who compliment them. Find people who do those jobs really, really well. And you just focus on your strengths. Yeah. And you become so self-aware. And once you become self-aware, you become confident in the skin you're in. And you realise, you know what? I am not a, I don't know, I'm not a people person. So I'm going to employ the best people people to, to do all that lovely good stuff. And I'm just going to code. Or I'm just going to worry about their finances. Or I'm just going to do the sales. Whatever that you're, the thing you enjoy the most. Because... If you enjoy doing something, you'll, you'll just want to keep doing more and more and more of it. If you end up forcing yourself to do the accounts in the business and you hate accounts, they're going to be wrong. Mm. Right? And, and what's the point? <laughs> I can't add up. 
I don't add up. I therefore get people to add up for exactly. me. Exactly. And um, so there was a book called Strength Finder, which I highly recommend people to, to look at. So it started off with people used to do Myers and Briggs, you know. Mm. Am I an introvert, extrovert, blah, 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 blah. And it, it was so basic in its its uh, positioning that they came up with Strength Finder. And it was one of those epiphany books for me when, when I was in Microsoft and we all got the... And I remember my line boss just simply going you don't know this very well do you and I go no but I do all those other things really well you know I can stand up and present till the cows come home I can I can code I can do that I can do this but yeah I'm really rubbish at expenses right don't beat me up about it right and okay they should have beat me up about it but but (laughs) but you know I had weaknesses as well but but instead of uh, looking at what I did well, they did this 360 type marketing where they focused on the weakness as well. And <clears throat> Microsoft then brought a guy called Mike Pegg in uh, who, who said, look, you know, guys, you've got to focus on this. And he brought Strength Finder in as one of the books that we um, read. The other book I, I mentioned earlier was uh, In Search of Meaning by Viktor Frankl, two great books. And mm. um, yeah, it was an epiphany moment where I went, you know what? Yeah, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm bad at. And that's mm. when I changed from stop worrying about all the things I couldn't do. Like you, get an accountant. I love it. Uh, there's, um, if you type into YouTube the best TED Talk, um, there's a chap, an English chap, a, a school teacher who talks about you have to teach kids creativity mm-hmm. in school. And he tells a story about this little girl who continually was um, dismissed from, from school, expelled from school because she wasn't paying attention. So she went to this, this other school and the head teacher took the parents outside of the room and said, just watch, watch your daughter. And they left the daughter alone for a couple of minutes and the daughter started dancing. And the teacher said, your, your kid isn't badly behaved. They're just, they're a dancer. They're not academic. Yeah. So put her in a dancing school. She went into a dancing school and she became, is it Prima Mad... Prim, yeah, Prima Maradona or something. <laughs> Didn't Maradona became Maradona <laughs> and Argentina. scored the goal. <laughs> became a, a, a ballerina. I'll say yeah, that yeah. a Prima Maradona. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Clearly, we neither Clearly, took that route. I know. So, it's so okay. my strength is not in ballet, as you can tell, uh, or being a very yeah. educated. But that, that's it. So it's it's. You don't have to be good at everything. No. No. Okay, so you, you, you're at the crowdfunding stage, which is wonderful. You, you, you've chosen not to go down the VC stage. You're EIS compliant. Therefore, what is, what is the share structure? I, I'm being a bit more technical now. Mm, I apologise. But no, um, what is the equity play that you're offering out for that mm-hmm. 750 and what's the post-market valuation? Oh, I love these questions. This is great. Sorry. We, no, we're getting a bit meaty now. Love it. I hope <laughs> no one's going to switch off. Uh, so we have a £10 million uh, We'll go, we'll go fluff again. So oh, will we? oh, good. What's your favourite colour? Um, <laughs> we have a £10 million pre-value, uh, pre-money valuation. Okay. Uh, so we're wanting to raise £750,000 for 6.98% of the company, which values us at around about two times turnover, which is um, pretty much there or thereabouts. So your turnover is what, £4 million at the moment? It's, it's, it's currently 5.1. Okay, uh, good. Yeah, just, okay. You need to update the website. No, yeah, no. Just thought I'd let uh, you know. That's good. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> I'm really good at radio. <laughs> that's why I'm here. No, I'm not good at that either. Um, no, you're doing very well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so uh, we, we ideally, we you can invest from as little as ten pounds, yeah, uh, and that's bang on our sweet spot. You know, if you don't have a lot of money to invest, ten pounds would be absolutely incredible. What we're also asking people is, um, if you don't want to buy it for yourself, wouldn't it be a lovely gift 
Like on Christmas Day, you give it to your loved one and there's a share of a port scratching company. We will give you a share certificate that you can hang in your downstairs toilet that can tell all your guests that you're also a shareholder of a port scratching company. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about giving it to the wife. Yeah. Oh, she will love it. (laughs) Valentine's Day. I've never spent Boxing Day outside. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I just think, yeah, you just, that's it. I think it's, it's, it's the most incredible gift you could give someone. Right. <laughs> he said, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, so that's... Brilliant. And we have three shareholders, you mentioned, moments of myself. Uh, we've got Udi Silva, who's my, my, my business partner, who we started Medical Supermarket with originally, and he, he joined me in Snaffling Pig a few years ago. And then we've got Nick Jenkins as well from, from Dragon's Den. So it's just the three of us, and hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, we're, we're going to have nearly a 1,000 other people involved as well. Good luck with the reporting. That's fun. <laughs> You're going to love it. AGMs um, will be a lot more fun than just three of us in a room, though, won't it? Yeah, <laughs> but the monthly quarterly return reporting is just, oh, get someone to do it, seriously. Oh, yeah, I will definitely Just read that. over it at the end. <laughs> um, okay, so well done. Congratulations. It's looking great. You're on a trajectory forward. Um, let's... Take a little skip back. Um, you mentioned your partner, um, uh, business partner. How do you? How did you find each other? Um, how do you? I guess uh, VCs always like uh, a, a Batman and a Robin uh, combo. Um, they don't. He's they, more Catwoman, I think, than. <laughs> I'm, I've got. He's probably listening. He is listening. I've got really <laughs> weird images now of uh, him in a cat suit. But <laughs> we will digress. Um, Okay, so you, you, you've got. You, how did you find each other? I mean, you know, finding a good business partner is, uh, you know, rarer than the stuff. Um, so, how did you do it? Mm. I, I, I actually give talks on this on how to find a good co-founder because it is is really difficult to do. It's not like online dating where you can, isn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no. swipe left, swipe right. <laughs> I you know, that, there's a business idea in there, isn't there? <laughs> um, it, so we first met because we both worked for a company called BMI Healthcare, which is a hospital group. And when we were making coffee every morning and you just chatting about what you were up to the night before, his friends. Uh, worked in F1 and they were you know they had the most incredible life and I was like what do your mates do this weekend he's oh they're in Monaco and partying on Red Bull's boats and we just suddenly thought oh must be more to life than this office that has grills on the window uh, and politics and and rubbish coffee terrible absolutely awful coffee Um, they were great at what they did but they were just terrible coffee and we we just you know what there's got to be life there's got to be more to life than this why don't we start our own company? Let's make loads of money and let's not work. We could like, yeah, let's not work. We can make loads of money. We'll, we'll have the best time ever. Loads and loads of freedoms. So we decided we would start this medical company selling, buying and selling medical supplies. It's basically what we were doing as a day job, but it, as a, for ourselves, I quickly learned, um, it probably within months that, when you own your own business, you don't make money, you don't have more time, and you aren't stress-free. It's the most stressful thing you can possibly do. And um, it, it, we, we had some um, very dark moments where I was going to get married, I then had to send all the invites out, but then we had a massive cash flow problem. So I had to write to all the people we invited on wedding say, oh, sorry, we're not getting married. It's not because we're not in love. It's, we've got no cash. Um, so we need to delay it by 18 sorry, months. I'll just tell you, you missed a trick there. So I worked with a guy called Craig Spendiff. I haven't seen him in years. And him and his wife basically decided that they'd been living together for a while, so they had all the things. So Craig, literally being a good Jewish boy that he is, sent out his wedding invites with money only. 
and he broke even or made a profit on his wedding. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I go back. I, sorry, I digress. Um, I should have thought, oh, that's good, isn't it? I should have thought about that. Yeah. Uh, we, um, so, we, so we had these yeah, really dark moments, but the thing that got us through all of this was, was that we had each other. Having a co-founder in a company is, is it's like a marriage. You've, you've really got to work at it, though. It is not easy, and we didn't come at it from a uh, friendship point of view. We were two work colleagues who believed we had a similar goal, aspiration. We had similar values and similar approaches to do things. We have a very similar work ethic. The thing that Udi and I, literally the most the biggest thing in common is that we will keep emailing ourselves at 11 at night and we just we just work very, very hard. We're not massively intelligent. We don't have a particular skill set other than persistence and determination and, and a willingness to learn. And so we... Um, but but having a co-founder means you do have to work with it because work for it because it's it is a marriage and we have arguments but because we're not friends we don't well we weren't friends in the beginning we don't um there wasn't this kind of uh, underlying tension of oh i can't say that to him because that will hurt his feelings because we've got years and years of history we had no history so we could be really brutal with each other and hold each other to account then what's happened is through this being completely and utterly honest and authentic with each other we've built this incredible friendship where when i finally did get married he was the best man at my wedding um and and then we've we've decided that actually we work really well together people call us the anton deck of the business world <laughs> I, I always stand on the right <laughs> yeah uh, do you, they do that because people couldn't work out so they have to isn't they it always stand the same way now it's a, it's a brand isn't it it it's is consistent a brand. i yeah. just love it um and uh, so we've, we've decided that when we do ventures business ventures together we will always kind of work with each other because it, it works really well now that's an example of a business partnership that's worked really well unfortunately i had an example where it didn't work well where when I, when I stepped aside from medical supermarkets, um, we actually decided we would uh, introduce a third person to, to help us with Snaffling Pig, and that was a, a very good friend of mine. And um, unfortunately, because that business relationship started as a friendship, it deteriorated. We, didn't, we weren't honest with each other. We didn't hold each other to account. There was a lots of ill feeling towards each other under the surface we'd never talked about. And it culminated in, in him having to leave um, and me losing a, a very good friend over it. So, um, mm. yeah, very sad to see that kind of side of things. But I lost um, a friend like that. Yeah. Did you? In a business, yeah. It, 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 sometimes going into business with friends is not great. Sometimes it can mm. be, but... but mm. um, yeah, it's it's a hard one. Yeah, I think you just have to go into it with your eyes open and know that it's it your your relationship will be tested no matter what. You're either going to do badly or well. If you do well, there'll be money involved. If you do badly, there's going to be money involved, and both sides always cause arguments. So just be true and authentic and challenge each other and um, and talk talk. I Udi and I go down to the pub all the time just to check in. Are you right, mate? Are you right? Okay, this annoyed me this week. Let's try and fix that for next time. Yeah, um, and be honest. That's great. Um, so uh, you had a business, a medical business, that was your first one? Still going, based in Aylesbury, started in Marlow. Uh, it sells medical products, uh, it sells hand towels, blue rolls, it sells drugs. I'm actually a legal, a legalised drug dealer, which is very exciting. Um, but it's for boring drugs like travel vaccines. So I don't think if you need any rabies jabs, <laughs> I'm your man. Okay. That's uh, been moved to the back of the brain, never to be recalled again. <laughs> One day you're going to need a rabies jab. And I think, hope I'm... not. <laughs> that, that's, you that's... sure you look like you need one? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> just, the at the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that's just waiting for the pork scratching. Um, 
So, okay, so uh, I don't know if you've ever read a book called The Hard Thing About the Hard Things. No. Uh, it's Ben Horowitz, who um, uh, is a VC with the A16, uh, Mark Andreessen's uh, brilliant, brilliant VC. And uh, it's probably the best book about running a business. It, I recommend it for all entrepreneurs because um, it's, it's, it's warts and all the truth. Ben, uh, I used to work for Netscape and Ben worked for Netscape um, at a much higher level than I did. But uh, Ben wrote about what it was like to be in Netscape on the board, then to run Opsware with Mark Andreessen, and then to be a VC. And the sweats, the cold nights, the worry, the on the pillow, how do you make payroll, how do you make the next funding. Da, da, da. It's a great, great book. It's called The Hard Thing About the Hard Things, and I highly recommend it. Cool. So if, Stick um, that on my list. I've got three now. <laughs> Sorry. <This is> great. <laughs> Weekend reading. Um, Need a holiday, don't I, to, get to read all these? <laughs> holiday? You're an entrepreneur. That's the only time I ever get to read. Yeah, oh, no. I, I strongly disagree with that. I think if you're an entrepreneur, have more holidays. <laughs> it's the only time, way to keep you sane. Well, there isn't any reason as an entrepreneur not to work a four-day week. We can choose to work as many hours mm. or as little hours as we want. Anyway, uh, we're going up to the news now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking again with Nick Coleman about his brilliant business called Snuffling Pig. And we're going to be looking uh, towards the future of what Snuffling Pig might do next. And uh, I don't know what, what it might do. It's going to be an interesting one. Until then, here's the news. This is Marlow FM 97.5. From the Sky News... You can never know what it's like Your blood like winter freezes just like ice And there's a cold and lonely light that shines from you You'll wind up like the wreck you hide In a simple way And if you need to know While I'm still standing You just fade away Don't you know I'm still standing Better than I ever did Looking like a true survivor Feeling like a little kid And I'm still standing After all this time Picking up the
There we go, a little bit of Elton John. Why that track, Nick? Love that song. I just think that sums up being an entrepreneur, isn't it? Literally, I'm still standing. Yeah. I'm still here. I'm still going. It's all that really matters. It is, actually. It is. <laughs> I agree with you so much. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, <clears throat> let's let's have a little look into the crystal maze, Ooh, as they say. Let's yes. go forward. So assuming, and it looks very likely, that you're going to do very well on Crowdcube and, and, and hit your goal, which is great, and, and the company's now got some uh, cash in the bank, what are you going to do with it? So we've, having, we started with 500 quid, we then got 70,000 from Nick. To have um, £750,000 would just be absolutely game-changing for the company. And what we've never been able to do is kind of get ahead of ourselves. We've always had to use the money and the cash flow in the company to buy more stock and really kind of not so boring things, but just stuff that just keeps the business ticking over the oil oils, the machine. What we'd really like to do is kind of build this hopper is get more customers to buy into snaffling pig. And that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that it will generate more and more sales. And how we do that is, is through a term called brand activation. So that's how you get the brand to more people to get them to try it. And that's either through sampling, it's through couponing, it's through any kind of promotional activity in store. And if we can do that in Tesco's and Sainsbury's where we're currently sold, and also if we can get to do it into more of the pubs that we're, we're sold in. So if you go to your local pub chance our scratchings are underneath the bar is there a way for us to be able to put them on top of the bar or behind the bar on a clip strip or all of that would require some kind of investment um, through what they call point of sale pos as the term is called in the industry um and it's those two things really so it is brand activation and it's point of sale for pubs very simple but that is the beauty of snaffling pig we are not trying to complicate things by saying we're going to take this money and we're going to spend it on you know incredible mpd it's it's mpd new product development thank you yes sorry i hate being that guy who says those acronyms (laughs) that tries to look intelligent i don't mean that at all um new product development we're not we're not just going to do that and try and come up with some vegan scratching that's just not what we we know we've got a great product (laughs) that would just be an oxymoron wouldn't wouldn't it yeah definitely um, so we, we just want to do more of the same, but to more people, get the brand out there. It's such a huge industry. It's, the pork industry is worth about £3.1 billion. We turn over just shy of £5 million quid. There is so much opportunity. And if we have this range of sausages, bacon, chilled uh, pork, um, snack bars, we've got gammon steaks in Sainsbury's and Tesco. If we can get more people to try those products, then we know because of the quality of them that they're going to have the repeat purchase. They're going to keep coming back and back. And then hopefully we'll become a household name. So I'm, I'm confused on one thing. Why... Why diversify into what is fundamentally n- not an indulgent product, a gammon steak, or is that an indulgent product and therefore it meets your criteria? Because it seems like you've gone from a snack, a small item, to what well, is fundamentally a fairly large purchase. Totally, it seems yes. a very different yeah. model. And it's a great question to ask because it is something that we had to talk, think about very carefully. It's very important when you, you grow your brand that you don't associate yourself to the wrong the wrong customer. You don't want to, I don't know, be a, a, a premium product selling in a, in a discount store. You've got to make sure that each step that you do something that the consumers will understand. Now, the pork snack industry is worth 40 million a year. If you're really good at what you do, you get about 10% of the market, which means that most we could possibly turn over is 4 million quid. 
we already turn over a little bit more than that because we've got advent calendars and, and jars alike. So we're kind of there or thereabouts. It means we couldn't grow anymore. So in order to grow, you have to get into a different category. Mm-hmm. And that means looking at something, for us, it's about looking at something that has never really been touched before. The pork industry is notoriously known for its own brand. So you, you walk into the bacon aisle and you'll see Tesco own, you'll see Tesco Finest or Tesco Value. You'll very rarely see an actual brand within that. But it's such a bigger category that there's an opportunity for a brand like us to kind of slot into. It enables us then to go from a snack to a breakfast, lunch and dinner. You wouldn't, I wouldn't say you should eat our pork scratchings breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, That would not be a good thing to do. What was that McDonald's one? Uh, Super Size Me Up. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. that. 30 days he ate ate McDonald's for, didn't he? Yeah, his Um, his blood pressure went through the roof, his cholesterol, whatever. (laughs) Well, I think if you eat anything every single day, it's not going to be good for you, even if it's kale. I think it would just wither away. So it's it's important to have that balanced diet. I need that for a while. It's because you've been to a wedding. <laughs> you always need to drink water after oh, a wedding. <laughs> I can't even look at a bottle of wine right now. Seriously. <laughs> and if you did look at one, it would be German, wouldn't it? It would be German. Or, <laughs> well, actually, on the 20th of September, I'm going to Austria for a wine-tasting weekend. Oh, my God, my liver again. Poor you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, it's a beautiful place called Dernstein. It's a UNESCO place. Anyway, I digress. It's not about me. It's about you. Moving, <laughs> moving backwards. Um, um, so, you've got gammon. Don't, we've got Which isn't steaks. a derogatory term to white people. No, that, no, it's not. That. Yeah, we, yeah, we, that's true. Actually, it is, isn't it? Um, so it's we, not. It's not. Anyway. No, it's not. So we um, are trying to introduce the brand to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Expand the category. That does mean that we have a, uh, an opportunity to look at, should are we still an indulgent product? Yes, we are, because it's not just about doing the same old bacon that has been done by hundreds of different supermarkets in the past. It's about bringing something that's completely unique, something that people are going to look at and go, wow, that fits in with Snaffling Pig's brand ethos. It's something that's full of flavour. It's something that's high quality. It's outdoor bread, high welfare standards, British, and packaged in a way that people go, whoa, that looks good. And it's also very convenient. I look at sausages and I think, well, they make such a mess. I get put off buying sausages because they make a mess of the oven. I haven't... Okay, it's I'm true. just confused. They, right. they drip, don't they? They just drip all the way down to the bottom of the oven. We'll it. talk offline about this. <laughs> we'll are, have a men's moment. Are you a fryer? <laughs> uh, we, I have an arger. Oh, yeah. very nice. So we, we, can, we can have a men's moment off there. <laughs> and so I just think maybe there's a way to package sausages in a way that creates no mess whatsoever. And it means mm-hmm. you don't have to wash the tray, you don't have to wash the grill. That's the least of the worries, but go on. <laughs> These things keep me up at night, you see. <laughs> Messy sausage. Nobody ever wants that. No, they? exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, it's about taking the brand to places it's never been before in a, in a way that does complement its existing, its existing um, brand story, I guess. Okay. Um, I like that. Um, when I think of brands like Innocent and Red Bull and other things, they've gone beyond the product. In fact, you know, they, they've become like Tom's shoes. They've, they've got a, a bigger desire for mm-hmm. society is that really where we will see snaffling pig in the future is there going to be a a bigger call to action from you guys absolutely i think it's the it, brands have to play this role in society because they can influence millions of people and if a brand behaves in the right way it can help yeah it can help it's like a, a butterfly effect other brands will then start to compete and try and do better than that brand but it has to come from authenticity. There's a lot of brands out there, and I won't name them, but they, they, they talk the talk. They, they talk the good talk because it's the right, they think it's the right thing to yeah. do. 
you just have to walk down Oxford Street during Pride to see all these shop windows changing their logo to, to, the, to the rainbow. I, I think the LGBT movement is fantastic. But what I don't agree with is brands thinking, oh, I can sell more shoes if I make my logo multicolored. Yeah. I just don't think that's the right, right story at all. I love it when companies like Virgin who have embraced that um, th- that way of life. And, and that, that's part of their ethos. That's part of their value. So they talk about LGBT because it fits in with them. So I think as a brand, you have to pick the, the story, the purpose that's right for you, that makes it authentic, where you can have real change and, and effect. And um, it's like you know, me, if I suddenly become... Uh, I want to be a brand ambassador for chicken, but I'm a pork brand. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's completely different to what my brand purpose should be. For me, though, what Snaffling Pig is all about is about it's about mental well-being. It's about understanding that it's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to indulge. It's okay to go down the pub and have a really good chat with your mates. And if if Snaffling Pig is part, it can facilitate those conversations in some way, whether it is the pub itself, whether it is the barbecue that you cook the product on, whether it is the product you eat or drink, or whether it's just the t-shirt that you're wearing. If it can just somehow play a role that encourages that conversation, then we're doing the right thing. I, I look at when you go to a dinner party and you turn up and the very first thing you do at a dinner party is you, you grab a drink or you grab some snacks. People talk when food and drink is involved. If there's no food and drink, you kind of stand around <laughs> looking very awkward. Waiting for the food and drink. <laughs> snacks and food, they create conversation. Yes. Because, and it's And it's... I just I hope that Snaffling Pig can can do that, and it's it's a long process. It's I, I don't have all the answers, but I am going to give it my best shot to produce products that create that conversation. Can you produce bacon without carcinogenics in it, please? That's a, that's a great idea. The nitrates they pump into bacon is is um, oh yeah. I mean it's awful. It's awful. It is awful, yeah. and I think Snaffling Pig can. You know, we're a tiny brand. We can't change an entire industry. But we butterfly effect, the ripples can start to happen if we start to make the right noise and consumers support us. And part of how we do that is having a community of people. If we can get a thousand people invest in our com- in our company, we can then say to those thousand people, please email Asda. Here's the name of the buyer, <laughs> the bacon buyer. Email him today and just tell him we need something big. Or her, sorry. We need to, I do, I think as I know it's a him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> why, okay. that's why I said that. That's fine. We'll let you off. <laughs> Just email them and we will. Um, we could potentially get a listing. And a thousand people have, have the ability to do that. Okay. So um, I like the way that you're expanding the brand. Um, are we going to see an advert with you and a pig, or, you know, eventually? You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we go, cuddling pigs. I think we, as a brand, we need to do more work around the animal welfare. We know we do a lot in the background, which we don't talk about. But I would like to explain to people the processes that we follow and how we go about sourcing our meat, how we ensure it's high welfare, how we ensure that it's, it's good quality outdoor bread product that's British. So there's a lot of, lot of work we can do, do on that, which the next stage of our journey will, will encompass. But at the moment, we've, there's been so much to talk about, we've kind of left that um, at the back of our mind and only answer questions when people ask us about it. Okay, so I've got a couple of questions because we're fast approaching the end. Can't oh. believe that. Um, markets, the markets that you sell into today, I mean, you've mentioned a few, supermarkets, pubs, uh, other markets that you sell into? I am a huge advocate of having multi-channel. So we, op- we sell to three different markets. The supermarkets, we sell to pubs, and then we sell to shops, gifting, online, those kind of things. And that means that if any one of those markets collapses, i.e. you lose a listing... 
in a supermarket or you lose a big pub chain, the other ones will then kind of carry the burden of the business. They'll make sure you continue. The businesses that only rely on one channel will always struggle because they'll they'll be up for another range of you. They'll the buyer will haul them in and say, "Hey, there's another brand on the, the horizon. You need to reduce your prices, or you um, or we just, we just there's a change in trend in supermarkets to move away from this and move to that. So by having multi-channel means that you can spread your risk. So we we operate in those three, and all three have to work as hard to grow at the same speed. So the moment we win one supermarket, which is wonderful, we then have to go out and win a thousand pubs in order to that it can then grow at the same the same rate okay international how do you sell pork scratchings to the japanese well that's as an example that's a difficult why the japanese i don't know what i thought of them but yeah that's a difficult one so pork scratchings as much as brits think we invented it it's called chicharrones it's the most widely consumed snack in the world easy for you to say (laughs) chicharrones in spanish most widely consumed snack in the world or turismo in in portuguese so it is very widely known the problem we have is that it's british pork from britain um in the current climate of the unknown of what's happening with trade tariffs and who's taking what we don't quite know where um which countries will allow us to sell into at the moment we know europe will take it we know australia and america and canada won't we know south america won't so it has limited won't, our for what reason because of our it being british to dumb it down the americans still believe in bse and they still oh, think okay. that somewhere there's bse but wasn't that a cow exactly <laughs> to dumb it down <laughs> Sorry, different animal. Do you know you can't give blood in America if you're British because they think you've got BSC in your blood? Yeah, but actually, you can't give blood in this country if you're foreign. Oh. Because they think you have typhoid. Oh. So. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Good counter-argument. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> no, fine. I, I, I genuinely wanted to go and give blood one day. More, oh. more to find out what my blood type was, but that was... <laughs> Rather than pay someone to do it, I thought I'd go and sneak in, give a bit of blood, and they'd tell me. But they went, but you were born in India. Yes, yeah, technically true, but I was six weeks You're old. from Cook and Dean. Six weeks old when I came right. here, does that not count? Can I not scratch off that six weeks? They went, no, because you might have typhoid. And I went, uh, okay, that's oh, fair enough, I don't know. They and need they, to change this stuff, don't they? They said, well, we don't have a test for typhoid yet. Oh. So there you go. Oh, I think they've changed that since. This we can put a man on the moon, but we can't test for that. I'm sure, well, the NHS can't afford to test for that. Mm-hmm. It's more likely. Yeah. Sorry. But anyway. That's another conversation. So BSC. Okay, so international selling is hard. It is hard, which is why we're so focused on the UK. The Maybe market- when we get chlorinated chickens, they'll get BSC. <laughs> Think it's a fair swap. Yeah. Um, that's not much I thought. <laughs> so, so selling internationally. Yes, it is on the radar, but I'm a I'm a firm believer. Do do what you're good at and mm-hmm. stick to it. If people from abroad want to buy our product, then great. Uh, but right now, there's enough in the UK to go after. Cool. So um, we we are, as I said, rapidly going. So I I just want to look at some of the other things in your life. I I guess as an entrepreneur, your biggest project has got to be your new baby. Ah, oh, little Jack, little <laughs> lad. Yeah. So how old? He's only fifteen months. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely cool. He's just started to hug properly. Where his oh. arms wrap around your neck. Has he said the key word dad yet? It was his or first. Was it Alexa? Well, his first word was udge, <laughs> which is fudge your dog. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, then it was daddy. Are you sure it wasn't Alexa? Because a lot of people <laughs> say. Do, Alexa first. I know. I know of a little girl called Alexa. Oh. She's three. 
<laughs> so I think they'll probably change the name to Lexi or something. Yeah. Yeah, very hard. And unfortunately, your wife wasn't very well recently. No, it's terrible, really. She, um, uh, one day she felt unwell and uh, went to Marlow Medical. They thought something was amiss. They stuck her in the ambulance. She got to uh, Wexham um, within an hour or two hours. They'd done a CT scan and they found an apple-sized tumour in her brain, wow. which... Um, really puts things in perspective i don't want to i don't want to feel like i was infallible is that the right word I'm terrible with vocab infallible, yeah. Yeah, infallible. Yeah. um really should have paid attention to school <laughs> I, I felt untouchable all right really yeah. and this brings you back down to earth and um we had a little boy who was about nine months at the time jack and um he was breastfed and i suddenly just went from my perfect world where in fact i actually said to amy a couple of days before that i just don't think i could have been happier at that moment in time to suddenly feeling that everything was unravelling and um, this is when my business partner came into he's always been incredibly supportive but I, I phoned him I told him what happened he said whether it takes two weeks two months two years go just leave mm-hmm. so I, I, I deleted every app on my phone apart from the ones that you have to keep um, I deleted the emails from my phone and I then spent the next eight weeks with Amy kind of going back and forth to the hospital, um, reared Jack off. Is it rearing Jack off the breast? I don't know if that's the right word. But that we got him onto the bottle pretty quickly. And um, I, looking back, I did everything I should have done and more. I was, I'm very that's proud of, of how amazing. I acted. And um, Amy, they were, the NHS were unbelievable. From Marlow Medical, who found, the, found there was something wrong, to Rex, Wexham, to her being transferred to John Radcliffe, to the neurosurgeon removing this thing within hours. Um, Friday morning, she had it out. Uh, so Tuesday morning, she was in Marlow Medical. Friday morning, they'd um, removed it. Wednesday, uh, Monday morning, she was out of hospital. The NHS was unbelievable. And when I hugged that neurosurgeon and told him that he'd saved my little boy's mum, and and I was just in tears, he just said to me that it's my job. And I sell pork scratchings for a living. Like, it does not matter. And he does something which generally changes lives. Yeah, he does. And I, I just, we are so fortunate to have the NHS. It's just unbelievable what they do in the limited resources they have. And they are, they are just, Incredible. So um, that has made me become a little bit more purposeful in life. That's why, kind of, why we're crowdfunding is that I want I want this journey to involve other people. I want other people to help and experience this and enjoy the ride with me and 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 cry in moments of sadness and celebrate moments of success. I want I want those people involved, but I also want an exit. I want to spend my mornings taking Jack to work uh, to school and pick him up. I want to be there in his school holidays. And as an entrepreneur at this point in my life, I know that I can't have it both. And Jack will always come number one. And so I have a three-year goal. I need to sell this company in three years' time. I want to make enough money that I can build my four walls, my little farm that is a little house with a little garden where I can grow some veg. I can rear some with pigs. I want to rear some pigs, some chickens. I can teach Jack all the stuff that I didn't learn as a kid. I have no idea how to look after chickens or rear pigs or whatever. But we didn't know how to create pork scratchings. No, I didn't. I didn't. And and together we can we can learn together. We can have fun and we can play in the dirt and we can just enjoy each other's company and Amy will you know, obviously Amy's there you know he's going to love his action man more than you <laughs> I know I know don't want to burst your bubble how old is it Dad, daddies aren't cool after a certain age are they 
uh, they're not cool for a while, and then they become cool again, and then they just become a bank. <laughs> the bank of dad. That, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's my goal. I, I need to... Um, and, and Snaffling Pig is the vehicle to do that. That yeah. doesn't mean I'm any less in love with it. I'm more in love with Snaffling Pig than ever before. I now just have... I now need to turn this into a very commercial business that delivers what I want, um, to achieve the next stage of my life so that I can go on and do something. The most important thing in my life is to raise my kid in a, in a happy environment and give him everything. That does not mean materialistic things, to, but to give him every moment of my time that he needs so that he goes on to be an awesome little lad and a lovely person. Yeah, I mean, again, um, I, I, I used to run Gateway Computers, um, their online business, and my wife was running Microsoft, and we had this epiphany moment uh, when our first daughter, daughter was born where we walked out the door as the nanny walked in, the gardeners went to the garden, the cleaners were walking in. I just said to my wife, we just need the show from We've got the full upstairs, downstairs moment, right? And, you know, money wasn't the issue. We were, we were burning money, having fun, right? And, but we never saw our daughter because we'd leave early, she was asleep, and we'd come home late, she was asleep, and we didn't have that. And, and it was only, you know, in that first, that second six-month trimester, whatever you want to call it, after she had gone back to work, we both went, no, this is not right. So I gave up my corporate job uh, and became an entrepreneur because that gave me the opportunity to be at home. And in the early days, yes, we kept the nanny, but we saw our child as well. We sort of took that sort of umbilical cord, cut it, but sort of kept one foot in. And then eventually the nanny went when the kids went to junior school. And yes, we walked them to school. And whether they will remember it, my children, I don't know. I hope they will when they have their own children. That's when it will be... Hmm valued because I doubt they value it today you know the fact that I'm there I will be picking up my 15 year old daughter after this radio show and she will just be oh right dad thanks but you're late yeah <laughs> that will be the sum of her conversation followed by can I put some gangster rap on followed by yeah I'm hungry those generally other things and but those magic moments that I get those Kodak moments will be remembered by me and and mm. I think you're going along the right Mm. Goals. I go. I, you know, I'm not blowing smoke, but you know, I, I think as a company, I, I am really admiring Snaffling Pig from a distance. I've only got to know you, but I think you've done the right things. You've got the right ethos. We talked about that. We, I think you've gone with crowdfunding. I think that's a great way to build that community. And I think, yeah, the the goals you're setting yourself are the right goals. It's not to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. It's to be the next best dad. That's. Oh, love the way you sum that up. And I, I know we're not perfect we we will always make mistakes it's and it's about how you when you make mistakes it's about how truthful you are about that and and i i always strive to be better i i am i know i can be a better dad and i will i will continue to try and do that as as every day i will try and improve that just that little bit more that compound effect little bit every single day ends up being a hell of a lot nick coleman from snaffling pig thank you very much it's been fascinating i really enjoyed it Sam, that show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk, or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.